Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 80. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $461 each, and the altcoin trading is fierce all around the world with more people logging in daily to get a piece of this highly volatile action. To find out more about the action, a good place to start is CryptoCompare.com. There you'll find great information about the most heavily traded cryptocurrencies, plus information about them to help you decide if the tech is really there and if they're worth investing in. That's CryptoCompare.com. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. <laughs> Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin capital of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking with people about Bitcoin and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Long-time listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. And new listeners, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it. On today's show, I take a trip to beautiful Barcelona, Spain, to spend some time with Manfred Carrer, the founder of BitSquare. BitSquare is an open-source, peer-to-peer application that allows anyone to trade Bitcoin for national currencies or cryptocurrencies. BitSquare requires no registration or verification process and does not hold a user's data or funds. Welcome to the dawn of the age of cryptocurrencies. Listeners, with great pleasure, I introduce to you today Manfred Carrer. He is the founder of BitSquare. I am speaking with him in Barcelona right now. Manfred will be on a two-month tour across European Bitcoin communities to present BitSquare at local meetups and conferences. It's a 15-city tour. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Manfred, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Yes, thanks a lot, John, for inviting me. Oh, yeah. Now, you're in Barcelona, right? Yeah. I'm living in the beautiful city of Barcelona and enjoying it. <laughs> Good. Well, what's the weather doing there today? Uh, today it was not so nice, but usually it's great weather always here. It's nearly always sunny. It's uh, great Mediterranean uh, weather. Yeah, wow. We're having that uh, here today in Nashville. It's about 78, ah. sunny, nice clouds, a little bit of a breeze, just a perfect day. The only thing we're missing is an ocean. <laughs> we have no ocean, so we have no beach, which is very, very sad. Yeah, it's good, good reason for traveling then. <laughs> yeah, good reason for traveling. And on that subject, that's a great segue. You are getting ready to go off on your two-month tour across European Bitcoin communities. Let's talk about that. But first, I'm going to read a little something that you sent me for listeners who have not heard of BitSquare. I'll read this and then you can go into great detail and help us understand exactly what it is and how it's different from other platforms. What is BitSquare? 
BitSquare is an open source peer-to-peer -peer application that allows anyone to trade Bitcoin in exchange for national currencies or alternative cryptocurrencies. Now, you know, at first when I read that, I think, well, you know, there are other platforms that do that right now. But what I like is the next sentence. BitSquare requires no registration or verification process and does not hold users' data or funds. That's pretty exciting. Let's jump right in. Tell us about it. But before you do, tell us a little bit about your background, how you first got into this space, and what is your background, whether it's tech or what have you. I'm a software developer since 15 years, more or less. Mm -hmm. And I um, yeah, heard first about Bitcoin in two, uh, 2011 and was immediately excited and wanted to yeah, become active in the Bitcoin space. And two and a half years ago, I was wondering with a friend how it would be possible to build a decentralized fiat exchange. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, a pure crypto-to-crypto -crypto exchange is not so difficult. And uh, there exists already a few uh, projects like this, but the pure peer-to-peer Fiat exchange was quite the challenge, and many people told us that it's impossible, never will work. But somehow, yeah, I started to develop the concept and uh, developing the prototype and what's going on and, uh, and find a few developers helping out. And now we are ready for a launch, finally, after two and a half years. Two and a half years, a long road. So now are yeah. you a developer yourself? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the main developer. Okay. And I'm, yeah, at the moment, I'm developing Java. Uh, platform is uh, built on Java. Okay. And I build also the peer to peer network as so we're using a custom. And that I think the stuff what makes us different, I think BitSquare is the first really decentralized fiat Bitcoin exchange. That's uh, one of the things uh, which is novel and BitSquare. And I think the other part is that we're using a custom peer-to-peer -peer network, which is utilizing Tor hidden services. Mm -hmm. But no worry, the user don't need to install anything or to set up anything. It's all integrated in BitSquare. And that gives a great uh, privacy protection. I mean, everything from Tor for free. And it's a very stable uh, network because Tor managed to get over, over all firewalls. And yeah, uh, it's one of the hardest battle-tested network solutions out there. And we are happy that we are, yeah, that we are found this solution because first we were using another a, a distributed hash table solution and that was quite problematic to get it stable. And basically this peer-to-peer -peer network part is, I think, the most challenge is uh, to build a decentralized application. Mm -hmm. And other projects like OpenBazaar, I think they have also uh, went through quite a lot of troubles to get the peer-to-peer -peer network stable. In comparison to other projects, I think the closest projects from the concept and from the level of decentralization are OpenBazaar and BitMarkets. And I like both projects, both are great projects as well. And But I think there are not many others in my opinion. I know some are selling themselves as first a decentralized exchange or whatever. But when you look close and they operate servers, I don't think it's very decentralized when you're running a server, which uh, is a central point of failure and that's the the main argument for us uh, what is decentralization usually uh, this uh, exchanges which doing the conversion between national currency and a cryptocurrency are regulated and that's not by chance because they are basically operating in a similar way like stock exchange markets or like banks at the end mm -hmm. and <clears throat> there are some good reasons and we have seen with uh, all the problems what happened like Mt. Gox 
uh, that uh, yeah, the users need to trust these exchanges that they're operating correctly, uh, professional, and they are, that they're not running away with the users' funds, mm -hmm. and also that they are taking care of their uh, users' data that they don't get hacked, and also that they're not doing um, yeah something like front running that they're uh, doing their off execution uh, correctly. Mm -hmm. And for these reasons, uh, yeah, the society has created the regulations uh, because probably a uh, hundred years ago the same what we seeing what we are seeing now in the crypto space happened in the normal stock markets there was too much scam too much problems and then the mm -hmm. the yeah the regulation uh, was created to to uh, to avoid this uh, problems and of course that doesn't mean that the regulations have stopped <laughs> any kind of wall street your point is well taken yes yes at the end when you don't have another solution for this case that you want to uh, exchange fiat to a cryptocurrency uh, when you don't have another solution like a centralized exchange where you need to trust the operators, we end up logically in something like regulation. Mm -hmm. And to bring this uh, regulation into the Bitcoin system is quite problematic because these companies are, yeah, they're storing the users' data. They know exactly which Bitcoin you have bought, you have uh, traded, and they can connect it with your identity. And the transparent nature of Bitcoin, of the blockchain, uh, creates a lot of problems then because uh, your entry to the Bitcoin system uh, gets connected with your identity and then everything what you're doing with your Bitcoin can be followed with uh, clever coin analysis. And mm -hmm. there are quite a lot of companies who are working in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, I mean, that could turn Bitcoin to a dystopian money system and that, not to that what uh, Satoshi Nakamoto has created it for, to uh, to liberate the world from uh, yeah, from total surveillance and from the power of the financial system. Let me just make sure my listeners heard that because what you said was in the end, Bitcoin could lead to a, I believe you said dystopian situation, dystopian. So uh, for listeners who don't know what that means, that means that instead of having a utopia in a perfect world, it, Bitcoin could with all of the regulations and control over it and the ability to track what you do with your Bitcoin much better than anyone has ever been able to track fiat currencies, the governments could track you and we could have what is referred to as a dystopian future. That is a very negative thing. If you ever read any sci-fi, that is a future where things are really bad, like Big Brother 1984, where the governments are controlling people and people have no freedom in terms of their currency and how they exchange value from person to person. So uh, please continue. I mean, we have this partly in the fiat system in many countries. Uh, you have basically zero privacy with your financial life against the governments and against the banks, but at least it's limited to these entities. So your neighbor or anybody else cannot see what, uh, cannot access your, uh, your financial uh, privacy. But with the transparent nature of Bitcoin, uh, yeah, that's much more problematic because everybody can read what's going on on the blockchain. And I think uh, that's not mm -hmm. just a question, uh, a political question with privacy. Even people who don't care about privacy, they should really ask themselves if Bitcoin as a money system, when it, uh, uh, when it loses this uh, important uh, properties that you can make a transaction in a private manner, if it's uh, good money. And I think it's very bad money then. And even, it's, I'm not talking about drug dealers who want to to, uh, make the shady business uh, completely normal businesses uh, they don't want to expose all their private interaction to the public they will not use bitcoin for this 
And also it attacks the basic uh, property of money, uh, fungibility. That's, um, yeah, that's this property that every, every unit of the money system or for uh, money is, uh, has the same value as, a, as another unit. So one dollar note has the same value as another dollar note. And you, you, uh, when you receive a dollar note, you don't have to check if this dollar note was maybe once included in, a, in <laughs> some illegal activity. And as we know, uh, nearly every dollar note has traces of cocaine on it, so it would <laughs> fail completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listeners, just to clarify for anyone who's not familiar with the term or with the concept of fungibility, and that is that one U.S. dollar looks just like every other U.S. dollar. Of course, they can be counterfeited, and that's a problem. But, um, you know, gold is fungible because every ounce of gold is identical to every other ounce of gold. At this point, every Bitcoin is identical to every other Bitcoin. But the idea that some have people have suggested and some people are working on that you could mark certain Bitcoins as <laughs> having come from a shady deal, you know, drugs, porn, uh, gun running, something illegal. The idea that you could mark a Bitcoin and call that Bitcoin a bad Bitcoin and then be unable to use it in the same way would take away from the fungibility of Bitcoin as a currency and make it something that we don't want it to be, something that takes away from the importance of Bitcoin as a currency. Fungibility, listeners, if you're not familiar with that term, look it up and learn to understand what that means. We want Bitcoin to remain fungible, that every Bitcoin is just like every other Bitcoin. And there are ways to make sure that that happens. Uh, there are some creative ways to make sure that happens. So please continue. Yeah, this fungibility, it's a, a basic property of Bitcoin. And when this is broken, it would also fail as a currency. Those people who are not buying the argument uh, about privacy, they should be aware that a Bitcoin system where you, when you're receiving Bitcoin, uh, where you have to verify if this Bitcoin has the same value like any other Bitcoin, you have to follow the history and have to investigate. Nobody will accept such a Bitcoin. It's too much work, too mm -hmm. much friction. Mm -hmm. And there are alternatives. Uh, it would be worse like the US dollar, like other currencies. So it would fail as a currency. Mm -hmm. And I think um, with the centralized exchanges, we have this problem that the infrastructure is set up to allow all this stuff. And it's happening. There are exchanges which are doing uh, this coin raising and which are closing accounts because the Bitcoin you have paid in were maybe used once uh, in buying marijuana or whatever. <laughs> and that's a big problem, in my opinion, because yeah. that's uh, basically for me a attack on the Bitcoin system itself. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. So BitSquare is going to be using the Tor network, is that right? Yeah, to uh, surpass this uh, compliance requirements, which makes sense, like I said before, for centralized exchanges, because the users need to trust this company. And yeah, it does not work normally. These companies are, are colla collapsing and got hacked. And, and there are all sorts of problems. Uh, but to solve these problems, the best solution is to never hold the user's funds so nobody can steal it from you mm -hmm. and to never hold user's data as well. Uh, nobody can steal it. And like Andreas Antonopoulos said at one very good talk, no Bitcoin startup should think that they are able to protect user's data when not even the biggest and most wealthiest companies in the world like Sony or even the, uh, the Pentagon is able to protect their data against hackers, against leakers. So mm -hmm. at, uh, yeah, at the end, you are not able to, uh, to 
to succeed against tax. So when you run an exchange where you have money there, you are a honeypot for all the criminals of the world. And it's just a question of time until you get hacked. And to avoid this problem, I think the only solution is to have a system where you are not holding the data and the funds of the users. And that's luckily prob uh, possible with Bitcoin because we have uh, this great property of uh, multi-signature. Uh, addresses in Bitcoin and with that you can build a system where the users are always in control of their funds and with a, uh, with a real peer-to-peer -peer system uh, or network like this network what we are using, uh, the users are completely private. Uh, when users are doing a trade together, it's just the interaction between those two traders and nobody else. BitSquare does not know about what they're doing actually. And of course, never hold uh, their data and their funds. I like that. You know, it took me a while. It was because of the fall of Mt. Gox. I started listening a little bit better. I didn't lose anything there. I was close, but I didn't lose anything. I started listening better and started understanding this idea that when you have your money on an exchange when you have bitcoin on an exchange any of them you know my favorite today is poloniex but when you have your money or your bitcoin and digital currencies cryptocurrencies on an exchange that exchange is in control of your private keys you don't actually have control of your private keys in the same way you would if you had your bitcoin in a paper wallet or stored offline on a thumb drive or another drive that's offline somewhere in cold storage as they call it so people need to understand even if you trust an exchange like i trust poloniex for the most part i like those guys they seem like good guys but the fact of the matter is i'm not holding my own bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies i have there those guys are in control of my funds in the same way that a bank is in control of my funds and if there were to be a run on the bank at some point the bank could freeze everybody's assets and you can't get your funds so the same thing if an exchange goes down even if you trust them let's say the owners uh, were in a car accident and they died and their family decided that they were just going to liquidate the company you don't have control of your funds and that's really important so what Manfred is talking about here is really really important Manfred let me ask you though of course you know, if there's a government official listening to this program at some point, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, government officials. <laughs> They're not going to like what you're saying. Now, you're not Spanish. You're not from Barcelona. You're from Austria, so you probably know about Austrian economics pretty well. But, <laughs> not but, so much, you know, actually, but uh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> that was a bad joke, but you know how to yodel, right? Can you yodel? Uh, no, I know, I'm joking. <laughs> I can do a little yodeling, but it's more like southern country yodeling. But yeah, the idea that a government listens to what we're talking about here and they say, wait, 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 we don't want anything like this. We don't want there to be an exchange where people can be exchanging value from person to person without any regulation and without anybody being able to track it or know that governments don't want what you're talking about governments don't want BitSquare, isn't that true uh i would i would see this a little bit uh, different i was actually talking with uh with two people as one uh, who is working in a financial authority and we were in contact with uh, British authorities regarding regulation questions and they answered us and gave quite good uh, information that as long as you are not uh, in control 
of users funds as long as you are not holding users fund and as long as you are not doing automatic order matching because that's also a process where you need to trust the exchange that they are not doing shady business that they are for instance executing mm -hmm. the best orders for themselves that's called front running mm -hmm. as long as you're not doing this you are not uh, falling under regulation rules because that's the reason why regulation was created so actually the authorities are not so much it depends on which country of course and there are different uh, different opinions about this because everything is gray area of course in the in this crypto space but uh, this information what i got was uh, <clears throat> they have the obligation to apply their laws and their, their their rules to every company who is doing something like uh, financial transactions and who are basically operating like a bank and the centralized exchanges are basically all operating like a bank so it's not a surprise that they get regulated but when you're not operating like a bank because you're not in control of the users uh, funds then you are outside of this uh, compliance regime I understand that makes sense, but if you have your value increase on an exchange, you know, that's essentially like earning income on that asset as the value of that asset goes up. If I then take that Bitcoin and I sell it on local Bitcoins to someone anonymously, then there's all of a sudden there's no trail from the BitSquare, from the exchange. So all of a sudden there are no records of how that asset increased in value and where that value went. So that value could essentially, by a person who knew what they were doing, that value could be hidden from tax collecting authorities, it seems to me. As with local Bitcoin, when you're doing face-to-face -face trade, you can do it because yeah, you're just exchanging on the street your fiat money and that's it. But uh, in BitSquare, that's not supported and possible. So in BitSquare, uh, you receive the fiat when you're selling Bitcoin. You always receive the fiat in some either in some bank account or in some payment processes, which are basically the same like banks. Or when you trade it to altcoins, then you stay in the cryptocurrency world. And I don't know how it's in America exactly, but at least in Europe, in most countries, the cryptocurrencies are not treated like money at the moment. So whatever you do with Bitcoin or with the altcoins, uh, they don't care. Just the process when you convert it to a euro or to national currency, then it's a subject of taxation and everything. As in BitSquare, this gateway at the end is always some sort of bank or payment processor. You're just transferring this uh, problem over there. So as I said, when you are selling a huge amount of Bitcoin and you receive a huge amount of euro on your bank account, uh, yeah, you probably uh, have a high pressure to declare it correctly because otherwise you risk a lot then. This episode of Bitcoins and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at MoonshineBootWax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original, all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine, all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wing tips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a nonprofit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. 
together with community food advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own 4-ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com. And best of all, you can pay using Bitcoin. I think the current situation, like the governments are working and operating, they're a little bit overexpanding their their uh, what what for what they are really uh, created. I mean, for what we have governments for organizing common goods, for organizing society. But uh, basically, today governments uh, the main f- focus is that they are controlling money, the issuance of money, and the flow of money. And I mean, yeah, Bitcoin, of course, is is uh, attacking this uh, this situation. And the governments, I think, they have in a way redefine, uh, yeah, for what they're good for. <laughs> and uh, it's not by chance that more and more people are really upset with the governments because they don't see the value what the government is providing to the people. And I think governments have to redefine in a way like NGOs. They are providing good services for people, and then they're receiving voluntarily uh, yeah, donations. Mm-hmm. And that's a system which works in a wide area. And the government uh, works with coercion. So they're just forcing you. You have to pay whatever uh, you think about it. And the question what they're really delivering for this, uh, for this payment is, yeah, it's, it's at least for many people, they are questioning more and more if that's really a fair exchange to, that what the government take from the people and that what they're delivering to the people. I agree. I think people more and more are questioning what's going on and they're questioning why their dollar is not buying as much. And, you know, they have the basic idea of inflation. They have the basic idea that politicians lie a lot and that congressmen are crooked and all of these other vague general ideas. But your average person, I would say, in the United States, it's maybe one, two, three, maybe three percent of the people who actually understand what you and I understand about what's actually going on. The rest of the people, they're just angry or pissed off, if you will, that they don't have enough money, that their taxes keep going up and that their dollar doesn't buy as much and that, you know, they cannot afford a vacation and they know they're never going to be able to save anything as far as a retirement, you know, that the majority of people here in the United States are pissed off. Sadly, they're kept in the dark about the things that you and I know, you know, and a lot of people are not very educated. So, you know, to expect them to understand what you and I understand on this level and to even understand what Bitcoin means, the real true significance of Bitcoin is asking a lot. You know, these people, for the most part, 50 percent of their brains is taken up with what they're going to do this weekend (laughs) you know so again bread and circuses right if you can keep people fed keep people from starving and keep people entertained then they will not revolt so as long as we have you know the greatest entertainment machines and misinformation machines in the world here in the u.s the people are going to continue to be however disgruntled they are they're going to continue to be enslaved by the system which is really sad yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, describing <laughs> probably a very good the situation. Yeah, and but basically, it's nothing new. The Romans have done the same <laughs> with their right. uh, uh, food, food and games for the for the masses, right? <laughs> to to keep them, yeah, to keep them in uh, enslaved at the end. 
but uh, and of course it's uh, i mean to change this will be a very slow and very long process and difficult and yes. it's yeah I, but i think uh, with bitcoin we have we have a very very powerful tool which might which has the potential to change the world much more profound like even the internet has uh, changed it uh, especially because it's uh, questioning the two most powerful entities in the world the governments and the financial system mm -hmm. and bitcoin is targeting and questioning both mm -hmm. and uh, has proven that it's possible that you can build economies without uh, controlling gatekeeper a third party who is taking uh, their charge, who is controlling uh, the interaction and who is coercing the people into a system what they're basically not uh, really willing to live in. I think one important issue is that to build really decentralized and liberating projects and systems uh, does not align with the current traditional business models where you are normally extracting your profit from, uh, yeah, from controlling resources mm -hmm. and from controlling data and more and more for doing business with the data. And it, there are no many alternatives for this yet developed, but I think, uh, with decentralized autonomous organizations, with this DAO. I think we have a very interesting new um, model for using new business models for such peer-to-peer -peer systems. Mm -hmm. And that's also what BitSquare is aiming for. It's not implemented at the moment, but we want to implement it to have shareholder organization where everybody who is uh, contributing to the project, like developing or doing uh, for working for the community or whatever, they get paid with shares of the project. Mm -hmm. And when their users, when the traders are doing the trades, they have to pay a small uh, trading fee like in every other exchange. Mm -hmm. And this trading fee goes directly to these shareholders on depending on their percentage. And that's all on the blockchain. So it's basically a colored coin. Mm -hmm. And with that model, uh, yeah, BitSquare as well is not in possession of the trading fees because the trading fees goes to one of those contributors who have who has uh, helped to build the system. Mm -hmm. And then the, yeah, the shares can be sold and traded on BitSquare. And they're basically like colored coins, so they're anonymous, uh, like Bitcoin itself. And I think that's an interesting model how to build such system in a uh, that they scale because uh, at the moment I build it on my savings and a little bit of donations and <clears throat> that does not scale of course because when it really develops good and there are many many people using it I need more developers I need more professional help mm -hmm. and I don't have the money to pay them without uh, venture capital and so on and with this uh, model of a decentralized autonomous organization people might get the incentive even if they yeah i mean to there are many people who like this project and who uh, like the idea and want to help with donations or with a little bit of help mm -hmm. but it's limited uh, it's based on pure altruism basically mm -hmm. and it doesn't scale and to create the incentives for other people who might not be able because they have a family and they need to have their income to pay the bills uh, to enable them to contribute as well, we are building this DAO, and it's not nothing really new. There are many other uh, projects, uh, similar projects going on in the crypto space, like New Shares, for instance. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but I think that's uh, at least for me uh, one of the most promising models how to create new business models, which are uh, yeah, which are completely outside of the traditional business models and infrastructures. 
there are no venture capital investors who are in control and getting more and more uh, control over time over the project and where you lose at the end your independence so basically with bitsquare anyone who contributes will become a shareholder is that right yeah exactly as i said it's not implemented at the moment but it's planned for the next months and uh, we'll also write the white paper and a blog post uh, with more details about it the people who are believing in this project that it has a big future they probably will hold their shares because uh, they get the revenue from the fees and that for sure will not be really much money in the in the first half year because uh, yeah the fees are super low at the moment also and there are not so much volume yet but after time when there is sufficient volume and when we are increasing the fees to a more more or less uh, market um, what's usual in the market like half a percent or i don't know yet what uh, will be the fees at the end and and also that's an important part the height of the trading fees uh, will be determined by voting as well as the amount of new shares which will be issued probably every month uh, when we see okay we need uh, this amount of shares for this amount of work to be done uh, that will be also determined by by voting by the shareholders okay now can people buy is there a way for people to buy shares right now is that possible uh not at the moment because it's not implemented <laughs> i get okay. already requests but i have to tell them all uh please wait uh yeah uh, in a few months hopefully we have it running and then everybody can buy or make offers over bitsquare it's basically like any other coin it will be traded on bitsquare so you can buy shares with bitcoin Mm -hmm. Now, of course, for family and close friends like me, you could sell me some shares now, right? No, I'm going to get We will talk to that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. This sounds like a great project. So BitSquare, it sounds like, is operating right now. Is that correct? Yeah. So actually, it's since three months. It's operating on the main Bitcoin mainnet, and we would we're doing a lot of tests and since more or less one month, there's quite a lot of trade activity at the moment. I think there are more or less 70 offers and every, every day people are trading. It's still bootstrapping, of course, it needs its time. Mm -hmm. And we have the official launch uh, next week on Wednesday, so on oh. the 27th of April is the official launch. And but people can try it out already and better to use it with small amounts for trying out and for learning the system. But uh, yeah, basically it's ready for the masses. <laughs> Okay, so BitSquare is launching. The official beta release is April 27th at Fab Lab in Barcelona. I wish I could be there. <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful space. Uh, it's a maker space with 3D printing, and they're doing wonderful, great stuff. And we had another uh, presentation of Andreas Antonopoulos a few weeks ago there, and I was very happy and lucky that they offered again that we can use their beautiful space for my presentation that's great then you're starting out on a two-month tour across european bitcoin communities to present bitsquare to local meetups and conferences 15 cities man that sounds like so much fun hey will you take me with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> please yeah i'm really looking forward to get in contact with all the yeah with the community and I think the meetups are a pretty good space where where you find the early adopters, where you find the people who are really uh, yeah, sticking with Bitcoin since long and mm -hmm. yeah, looking forward for all the contacts. 
Yep, yeah, that's where you are going to find the people who are serious about it and who will, who will genuinely be interested in your project because it sounds like a fantastic project and a fantastic platform. Um, yeah, if you could take me with you, then I know that I could find a wife in one of those 15 cities. I'm not having any luck here in Nashville. It's a, it's a horrible situation. <laughs> the, city's, the city's packed full of women, but 99% of them are American women, and I don't understand how they think, what they want. I mean, I know if I were a multimillionaire, I could probably get a wife in the next 15 minutes, but I really don't, <laughs> I really don't know what they want, so I think I'm going to have to travel outside, venture outside of this country to find a wife. And, uh, you know, if I could go on the tour with you, maybe that would cinch it for me. <laughs> you have to come to Barcelona. That's the best city in the world for <laughs> Really? Oh, for, my uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you all blow a little bit of Espanol, so maybe that would help me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, in, in, in Barcelona, it's not such a problem. If you don't speak Spanish, you can survive also easily. I was pretty bad with my Spanish long time. But, of course, yeah, when you speak Spanish, you get more of the culture. It's, it's a good help. <laughs> But lots of English spoken there. Yeah. And how long have you been in Barcelona? Uh, since six years I'm living here. Six uh, years, wow. Enjoying it still. Oh, man, that sounds like a dream. Well, maybe one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you've been listening to Manfred Carrer. He is the founder of BitSquare. He's heading off on his two-month tour across European Bitcoin communities. Manfred, tell our listeners, if you would, please, the best way for people to find you and track you as you take off on your journey around Europe. Yeah, on our webpage, bitsquare.io, you find on the webpage, of course, you find also the download link, the white paper, all the information and uh, the communication channels. We get soon a, a forum and a Slack channel as well. We have a mailing list, blog, uh, newsletter, uh, yeah, all the usual stuff. Okay, that's great stuff. Well, Manfred, good luck on your journey, and I will be with you in spirit, and I look forward to being there doing some trading on BitSquare one of these days. Listeners, check out BitSquare.io. You have been listening to Manfred Carrer. Manfred, thank you so much for being on Bitcoins and Gravy. Yes, thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Manfred Carrer, the founder of BitSquare. Manfred, all of us here in the crypto space are behind you and your project 100%. And we wish you the best of good fortune, sir, as you journey across Europe to share the news about BitSquare. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the all-natural boot wax and polish to keep your shoes, boots, pumps, and stilettos protected and looking great. The Nashville Wax Company also now offers the world's first 100% all-natural residue remover. That's right, Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn, sticky stuff. Yes, it's like Goo Gone, but without the petroleum chemicals. Planet Earth will thank you for caring. For more information and to order a Moonshine product of your very own, head on over to MoonshineBootWax.com. If you've never ordered online using Bitcoin, it's a great experience, and MoonshineBootWax.com makes the experience super easy. That's right, MoonshineBootWax.com. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, CryptoCompare.com. I just love those guys over there. I now find myself checking in with them daily for a quick and reliable way to find out what's happening in the exciting and ever-changing world of cryptocurrencies. Check it out right now and save it in your favorites. That's right, CryptoCompare.com.
And of course, I would like to thank my listeners, that's you, for following me and for tuning in each week. And thank you also, friends, for your small, medium, and sometimes large tips. I am still a volunteer here doing what I love, and what sweetens the deal for me each week is when I look in my Bitcoin wallet to see that some nice person has tipped me. Uh, Even if it's a dollar or 50 cents, it fills me with bit joy. (laughs) Tomorrow morning when I go out to get my coffee, I will imagine that one of you, that one of my listeners bought it for me, and that will put a smile on my face for sure. Signing off now from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Until next week, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So do something, make a difference, and be brave in letting your voice and your opinions be heard. But be kind to people as you voice those opinions. Uh, This is not a battle. This is also not a rehearsal, folks. This is the real thing. Peace, y'all. And I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word. And today the magic word is peace. P-E-A-C-E. Peace. As in, I would love to hear some politicians talking about peace instead of always talking about war. And the thing is that we are the ones who are funding those wars. We, the people, the hardworking people of every country, we are the people who fund the wars that kill each other. This is ridiculous. Peace, folks. The magic word today is peace. P-E-A-C-E. Peace. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things ought to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. Oh Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain, oh Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows
knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure. Everybody knows your name. Sing it. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. have front row seats in the development of a historic technology that is doing things that have never been done before. And every day that goes by, I just feel amazed at at having this opportunity to be frontline observer and sometimes influencer in what is turning out to be perhaps a historic generational worldwide impactful disruptive change in technology, one that will create history. And that is an amazing feeling. Oh, <laughs> my